The information on this show is not intended to be the primary basis for investment decisions and should not be used to provide financial advice. Please obtain the guidance of a financial professional regarding your particular financial concerns. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. This program reflects the views of Arif Halabi, California Insurance License 0B93792 of TFS Financial Insurance Services. TFS Financial Insurance Services, California Insurance License Number 0F22477, provides retirement income strategies using insurance and annuity products, which are guaranteed by the claims-paying ability of the issuing company. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now higher income strategy. Learn from Arab Halaby. Hey, welcome to the show. Thanks for being with me. I'm Arab Halaby. The total financial hour on AM870 the answer. Triple eight ninety-nine retire. So grab your pen and paper. I know you weren't ready for that one. So I'm going to give you the phone number a couple of times. Sometimes I forget. So when I remember, it's a good day. 888-99-RETIRE. That's 888-997-3847. We're going to talk about a couple of things when it comes to retiring and creative ways to make money. So how are you able to continue to stay active? Remember in retirement, it's not just about money. In fact, most of you are pretty good about managing Retirement money, saving, putting putting a kind of a financial plan, so to speak, together. You've saved money. You you know when and where you can leave uh, when when it comes to retiring, where you can go, what kind of traveling you can do, lifestyle you could live, etc. What you don't always understand is the purpose part of things. You see, the reason that some men are really good at their jobs is because they feel necessary. They feel important. The reason that a lot of men suffer when they retire is because the home was run without them, right? They're gone in the morning. They come back in the afternoon. The wife tolerates them for the two weekend days, and then they they return back to work again. And she has her structure. She has her, her plans. She has her routine. Those things don't end. And now when the husband comes home and he goes, what are we going to do next? And she says, well, I got a bunch of things I got to get done, but none of them include you. That's why you see a lot of the graying, it's called the graying of divorce. The amount of, of people that are married 30, 35, 45 years that are separating and divorcing, it, it's off the charts. It's huge. And it isn't because, you know, they don't care for each other. They, they still do. But more like a brother and sister. They can tolerate only so much over the week, the weekend, and then that's it. Well, now they're together 24-7. And when you didn't build the foundation ahead of time, and suddenly somebody comes home, uh, and that's where they are, you each have to have a purpose. You have to have different jobs. I'll tell you, I have a friend of mine. They, uh, they run a business. It's a successful business. And I was always impressed with the way that they worked together as a couple because they each had their own sandbox. They each had their own job to do. Their office and their building, one was upstairs in the back and one was in the front towards the front of the, the building. They each had different sets of employees that they managed, different problems that they cared for. And why I share that with you is because that's kind of where the important part continues through retirement. You each have a different job to do, whether it's managing your real estate, whether it's managing some of your investments. Those are important things, but they don't take every minute of every day. But what about a purpose? What about when you retire, somebody counting on you to wake up, to be there, to show up, to do something? Look at the look 
in somebody's eyes. When all of a sudden somebody says, oh, I'm so glad you're here. Oh, oh, I've been waiting for you. It's perfect. I'm glad you showed up. This is a big deal. Thanks for being here. How do you feel when somebody says that? When you walk into a room, whether you're a few minutes late or whether you just you were able to fill in for somebody at the last minute, whether it's a church preschool, whether it's helping somebody babysit at the last minute, whether it's uh, helping somebody you know put something up uh, the Christmas tree or whatever. I need an extra set of hands. I'm so glad you're here. Thanks for being here. Right when that is said, starts to starts to change, especially if you're looking for work and employment in your 50s. Because often people in their 50s and 60s, they haven't set a a, a period of hobbies yet. Now, here's what happens. If you don't have a purpose, I'm going to get into how how to find one in a second. But this is an important part of it. If you don't have a purpose, you don't have a place to be or somebody that, that counts you important, then whatever your bad habits are, if you like to eat chocolate, ice cream, if you overeat, if you smoke half a pack a day, you're going to smoke two packs. If you drink a little bit, you're going to drink a lot. If you sit and watch TV and, and not really do anything uh, you know, on the weekends, uh, listen, I'm guilty of that. I like to just relax. My mind goes nonstop. I always have clients' portfolios and I'm thinking and managing. And sometimes that's when the, the inspiration hits me is when I'm just sitting there doing nothing or when I'm just riding my bike or or when I'm uh, you know, in the shower, you're just thinking for a minute and you go, ah, oh, got it. Now I know how to put together that portfolio, right? But when that is taken from you, right, you retire. Not take, you give it up. When suddenly nobody is counting on you, then you sit in front of the TV and you just kind of veg and you eat chips. So what I want you to do is to take whatever you're good at, whatever your interest is, and I want you to plan for retirement five years out. Maybe more, but at least five years out if you can. You, you start just like I recommend going to community college because I want you to test things out. I don't think you should ever send a 17 or an 18-year-old to a four-year university. You wouldn't give them a $300,000 car and say, hey, here's a Ferrari, drive it. But you're going to give them a $300,000 value of education and say, go learn something. Why would you do that? You wouldn't trust them with a $300,000 house but you're going to give them $300,000 worth of education and think they're going to know how to manage it? They're 17, 18, 19 years old. They don't know anything. So I always say, send them to community college. Why? Gives them a chance to practice, to try woodworking, to try shop, computer programming, English. Wow, I didn't realize I was that good at math, right? They're more mature. They're, they have a greater understanding. Maybe they go back to a math class that they weren't so good at, and wow, I'm a great at it. Science, wow, what a love, what an interest, that curiosity. That's where you practice is at $50 a unit or, you know, $100 for a class, whatever. It's nothing compared to a four-year university. Let them go there for two years, get their general ed out of the way, figure out what they want to do. Now they go to a four-year university and complete the last two. Well, what's the difference between that and somebody in their 50s or 60s in retirement? Listen, well, first of all, you can go to community college too. You can sit there and take a foreign language class. You can take a metal welding class. You can learn auto repair, photography. What is it that's interesting to you? It's a great place to go. You're not there for a degree. Come on. You're there because you want to get better 
you want to learn something, and you're practicing with these hobbies. And then suddenly you find out five years before retirement, this is something you want to do. You explore it. You work on getting better equipment. You, you take tours. You travel, whatever it is, scuba diving. I don't care. That's the place that you focus. So then it's, a, it's kind of a, a step in retirement and not this leap off of a building or off of a cliff, right? Most people go from a career down, they jump off this cliff and it's going all the way, and then now survive. That's it, retire. You're like, uh, instead, I want you to take a step, right? It's just a little jump, poof, cross a puddle, and you go from working full-time to this hobby now full-time. In fact, many people, when you retire, you stay as a consultant for two years. You stay as a consultant for a period of time. You work in a field in which you have some or part of your money and, and you're enjoying life, but you kind of have a little bit of a cash coming in. And you do it because it's nice to keep your skills sharp. It's nice to fill the time. And guess what? You have purpose. Now, if your career has kind of left the building, right? For a lot of you, you're saying careers are gone. I want to give you some creative things that I've learned about recently. And we're seeing this over and over, right? One of the things that I'd like to see when it comes to our industry of, of financial you know, planning, financial professionals, what is it that we talk about? Cash flow, right? I don't, I don't want you to think of it. Look, if you could have a million dollars in cash right now or 10000 a month the rest of your life, which one would you choose? For those of you that said, give me the million I'm going to double it by the weekend. That was me in my 20s, right? I thought I was Mr. It. I was a trader from 18 years old to 28 years old. That's what I did. I was an investor and I did my thing and I knew I, I was the smartest guy you knew. And if you weren't sure, I would have told you until I got scammed. And when I got taken, I didn't get taken for a little bit. I got taken for nearly all of our money. I say ours because I was married at 23 years old. And I had to, to deal with that because my wife was pretty sure that these people were bad. And I said, oh, no, honey, you don't know. Look at me, how smart I am. And she said, Eric, I've got this gut instinct, right? You guys call it what? What do women have? You call it what? Women? Women's intuition. That's right. I think men have it too. We just don't listen to it. Certainly not as much. And so here my wife was probably 22 or 23 years old at the time, 24 maybe. And she said, oh, I don't like these people. I said, oh, yeah, don't you worry. I, I'm the smart guy. I know. Well, sure enough, we got taken. And I had to come back to her and say, honey, I was the, you were right. These people were bad. And instead of doing the I told you so, right? Instead of saying, well, Arif, you're, um, you're a dummy. What did you know? Here's what she said. She said, well, Arif, you know what? It's the way it goes. Good thing it happened when we're young. We're pretty smart. We'll figure it out. And I still believe in you. Man. You want to know the reason for our success today? It's that. It's not me. I mean, certainly I'm a part of it. But it's the belief and confidence that my wife still had in me. It's the belief in me that even when I made a mistake and didn't listen to her, at the, you know, she's not always right. I'm not telling you that. And, and she doesn't run around and, and say, I like them, I don't like them, I like them. That's not her way of doing things. She's not that person. But when she does have an opinion, like that's a pretty good person. She hasn't been wrong yet. 
you know what? That person's bad for our family. We need to stay away from them. She hasn't been wrong yet. So I think you have to think about this. Because you and your family, however big it is, they're still counting on you. Maybe it's to be a grandma now and again. Listen, I've seen the difference when my kids were younger, how much my parents were involved. Because they had to be. They had to be involved daily, right? We needed help. They were young. We never had kids, you know, little kids before. My mom had raised four kids plus cousins and nieces. And I mean, she was a, an expert at this. So to have her calmness and peace of mind was really valuable, especially when somebody was sick or we weren't sure what was going on. But of course, as we get older, the kids got more self-sufficient. We didn't need her in our in our kid-rearing lives as much. So, ladies and gentlemen, you're going to have to take a different role. Now you could be the confidant for the grandkids. Now you can be the person that has the wisdom that is not the mom and dad, right? How many times have I had my friends say, hey, Eric, you're so much smarter than uh, than I am in this field or or you know exactly what I know in this in this area, but my kid won't listen to me, but they'll listen to you, Right? And I tell them, and they go, wow, I've never heard that before. Well, I know they have because I know their dad. And when we sit and talk and we just hang out and all of a sudden I'm the smartest guy in the world to them, and I go, your dad is so much smarter than I am in this area, but I'm not him. And the same thing applies to my kids, right? It's a, uh, I forget the, the, the saying, but basically an artist in his time is not famous, So let's think about what happens as we're trying to make a little bit more money. Sometimes people rent grandmas, right? I mean, did you know this? This is actually something that's called Rent-A-Grandma. It's a website. They accept families for child care, elder care, tutoring, being a personal assistant. Listen, maybe the older you, you get, you may not move as fast. You may not be as, as up to what's going on with the, the technology world. But let me tell you, you're reliable. You show up on time. You're not calling in sick every Monday from a hangover from Friday. You're somebody who works hard. And many businesses could use that, especially now. And you're not saying, listen, I need to raise a family of six, so I need 100000 a year in income and benefits and stock options and 401k. And You might say, listen, this is part of my extra income until I can get to my 70-year-old Social Security. This is part of my extra income so I don't have to turn on my retirement accounts and start collecting my my annuity income just yet. I can wait a little bit longer, let the income go up. So so there's some movement here in what you're good at. So it's called renting a grandma. Rent a grandma. It's a great website. You can negotiate everything from job responsibilities to payments. Pretty interesting. I think it's pretty uh, pretty fascinating. If you like to travel internationally, and it depends where you have a home or maybe a vacation home. Maybe you have a vacation home in, in Las Vegas or in Tahoe or San Diego or Palm Springs. Or maybe it is your home. A lot of people from Singapore to Paris, the French countryside, Middle East, They want to come out for three months and rent your house. And in fact, you could swap houses. You're there for three months. They are here for three months. Now, in some uh, some, uh, cases, you actually get to go there 
And they will pay you to stay there, to watch their home, to be there. I like that idea because you don't even have to rent out your house. You could keep your home. They will pay you to stay in their home. Or in some cases, you're paying such a discounted rate, but they need you there for two months. You can say, that's fine. I can stay in Singapore for two months. What a, I'm not working, right? I'm retired. It's a great opportunity. And a lot of people don't realize we have a client that makes around $8,000 a month. $8,000 a month. What do they do? They sell their photos on the different stock photo websites. You know, there's, a, I don't know, two or three of them out there at least that I know of. And they take pictures of their kids. That's how they started, really. And they uploaded it. And then the outdoors and the kids, you know, backwards playing on the swings. So that was used for, for different uh, advertising campaigns. And there are ways to either sell the photos directly. One time, it's gone forever. Or you can have one of 10 uses. So you know it's only out there 10 times. You'll pay more for it than a single use. A single use, which means I'm just going to rent it. It's $1.85. I need it, but a 1,000 other people can use it. Or you might pay, let's say, $12 to be one of 10 people that use it. So you know it's not going to be out there in your competitors' uh, websites as well. Or you could buy it outright. You say, this is the best one. I love it. And people might spend $75 on buying it outright. Just These are just numbers random, but you get an idea. Well, you're the one that collects that money. If you're a good photographer or you could go to the community college and take that photography class, understand some of the nuances, take a look at trends. People are going more towards automobiles or vintage this. And you, of course, have to have the right uh, waivers, right? People have to sign off, so... You're not going to have their kid in six years sue you for a million dollars. They just sign off on the waivers that you can use their likeness. You can use this picture. You own the picture. This is a big deal. I tell you, husband, wife, and they had two kids. And it was right when President Obama was elected uh, because it's an African-American family. And they said, you know, we think there's going to be a renewed interest in advertising towards African-Americans. And they were right. And they're professional, but they're both photographers, and, and one manages the business side a little bit more, and one takes you know, the pictures a bit more. I don't know how many thousands of images they had out there. But people use them. Sometimes they use them on uh, catalogs for merchandise. Sometimes they use them, people use them on websites. So take a look at that as an idea. I, I think it's a lovely idea because as an amateur photographer myself, I don't know. I, I did have a dentist office buy some of my pictures. So maybe, maybe I'm actually a professional now. <laughs> I don't know. That could be great. But I, I love photography. I think there's people who are really good at certain things. It might be taking pictures of weddings, right? Maybe you have models. I'm not a fan. I, it's not my thing taking pictures of people. I don't enjoy it. I don't understand it. I like the beauty of nature. So for me, it's places around the world that I've been. It's, it's images of flowers and mountains and valleys, et cetera, right? So take a look at that as an option. I love it. I think it's a great place to get started. Let me give you the number one more time, 888-99-RETIRE. That's 888-997-3847. Imagine doing this kind of thing, but having the guarantee of income, having that lifestyle that comes by knowing, well, on the 10th t- of every month, a check is deposited. On the first of every month, the check is deposited. 
What a lot of our clients do is they, they have income coming in, so they get to live their life wherever they are around the world, and they're taking that reliable retirement income, and they're supplementing their Social Security or their pension or both. Here's a good example. The pension might come out on the first Monday of every month. Sometimes they do that. Could be the first of the month, could be the sixth of the month, but whenever the first Monday of the month is, they get their pension. And then their Social Security comes in on the 10th of the month. Then what they do on the other side, which is amazing, they turn on income from us and they receive it on the 20th of the month. So it's like having three paychecks every single month. Some folks have sold their real estate. They take their real estate, move that into what? They move it into retirement, reliable retirement income. They move it into a place where they have money that doesn't doesn't stop growing. And that is a pretty nice thing to have where you never have to go into a place where you worry about, can I make my bills? And what's really nice for me, I mean, I, I think it's a nice thing, is you get to go and live the life that you want and not worry about money because you did your job. You raised your children. You cared for your spouse. You did all the things you were supposed to do. And by doing so, by living that life the right way, now it's time for you. It could be volunteering. It could be spending time with a charity. It could be doing something where you're caring for your family, maybe a family member. These ideas of of never having this existence, right? The purpose of life, especially if you've lived a life where you've given to others, especially where you lived a life like my dad, who brought over people from the Middle East. He did so at his own peril and his own financial commitment, certainly taking a financial hit in his own family, you know, his wife and, and four children, and was gone to care for others. Now, that is a life of integrity and making a difference. Pretty cool. Not easy to do. I think you guys need to have things like that in your life where you get a chance to go and kind of get a little bit of payback, right? Not in a bad way, but maybe it's time for you. Better yet, maybe it's time for the church, right? Maybe it's time to work for Christ if that is your passion. Maybe a missions program. Maybe assisting unwed mothers. Maybe it's mentoring young men or young women coming out of addiction or bad relationships, bad homes. You've heard me talk about the Dream Center before down in Los Angeles, down in in Hollywood, really. The Dream Center, my gosh, is that an amazing place. I can't go there and speak or be a part of anything there without crying. I think you should look into that as a place to begin maybe giving some of your treasure Maybe your time, maybe both. Because you and your family need to have the idea of what it takes to make a difference. And it is not going to come from just sitting in a corner in a rocking chair waiting to die. It's not going to happen. You have to make a difference in some other life. All right, we're going to come back in just a minute. When we do, I'm going to get into a couple of ideas that I think you you should know about. Number one, I think you should know about some of the other ways that you could make a living. And I think you also need to know about some of the political active activism that, that you can get involved with. You see, you have time. Because unless you're liberal, the protesting means I have to take a day off of work. All of these college kids that took student loan money out that they don't want to pay back, that Joe Biden said he's going to give back. I mean, do you understand this, guys? That is how he pays back 
his brown shirt, if you will, black shirt, mafia type guys. I mean, this isn't a secret. These guys put on hoods. Most of them have student loan debt. They beat the tar out of people. Joe Biden's elected president, and he says, I'm going to pay off your student loan debt. Do you not think that this is a George Soros? I mean, listen, you don't have to be that wacky of a conspiracy person. I have friends that have arrested these guys. They had cash in their pockets paying off protesters. Now you get to be the person that steps up and says, I don't need to be paid off by anybody. This is my passion. I'm a retiree, and I can write letters. I can speak up. I can wear stand up and hold signs. These are things that you can make a difference. All right, 888-99-RETIRE, 888-997-3847. Stay tuned. We'll be back right after the break. I'm Eric Hallaby. This is the place for news, talk, and information. The Total Financial Hour. I'm Eric Hallaby. We'll be right back. Now higher income strategy. Learn from Arab Hallaby. Learn about financial power. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now higher income strategy. Learn from Arab Halaby. Learn about Hey, welcome to the show. I'm Arab Halaby. Thanks for staying with me. Talk about your family's finances. Getting out of debt, managing money, planning for your future, what that's all about. 888-99-RETIRE. That's, what, uh, that's our number. That's a way for you to get a hold of us. 888-99-RETIRE. Okay, look, your family's finances, when we're talking about making a difference, and let's say your passion is the world of, uh, of politics or at least what I call common sense, which is kind of what we are on the, on the right or the conservative side, right? Don't let them define you. Every time you turn around, their goal is to call you a name, right? They called you all sorts of names. Who is it? Travis Tritt, the country music singer. I saw a great quote from him. He said, you spent all this time uh, building, if you will, a a brand, the Democrat brand, after uh, uh, calling me names and calling me deplorable and racist and, and homophobe and all these disgusting terms. Right. They cheapened the terms. Real racists like Farrakhan and and, uh, David Duke. Their goal is now alive. The left was designed to work directly into the hands of those two, because what do they want? Segregation. Okay, what Black Lives Matter? We want our own graduation. We want our own Harvard. We want our own towns. What did a group of African-Americans do uh, recently up in? uh, I want to say it's down in Georgia. I'm not sure exactly where. They purchased all this land. They had some investment program. Everybody's buying in, and they're buying up land and land. They're going to call it their own town, and they're going to lock off the rest of America. You can't go in there unless you're African-American. Crazy. I didn't, I'm didn't. i not making this stuff up. Maybe you need to get out there and educate. Maybe that's part of your skill set. Maybe that's part of your purpose. So if it is, 888-99-RETIRE, that's our phone number. Maybe we can help you with reliable retirement income. Right, A lot of times, people don't do things because we're busy. We can't go out and protest. Why? Because we have a job. So the left goes out and and destroys things all day long, all week long, in Portland, Seattle, all across the country. And meanwhile, you and me are working. We have families to support. We have taxes to pay because how else are these kids going to get any student loan money? It's you. So when purpose in retirement 
It can go down a religious or a faith direction. It can go around serving you know, a secular cause like um, homelessness or, or feeding the poor, right? Child care, helping those that are in a position of not being able to, to get a leg up in life and you're that one that's there. I don't mean writing checks. Listen, donating money to somebody who's got a lifelong of problems is not the answer. In front of one of my offices, we have a, sometimes there's a homeless guy or two or lady that's out there. And every once in a while, at the beginning of us being there anyway, they would ask for money. I can have a dollar. And I went to the gentleman once and I said, I'm I'm sorry, what did you say? He said, can I have a dollar? I said, sir, I would never disrespect you as a man and give you money for doing nothing. You're you're a healthy, you're a capable person. You can do something for money. So here's what I'm going to tell Here's what I would do for you. I said, I'm going to give you not a dollar. I'm going to give you $5. And his eyes lit up. I said, but I'm going to do that because I need the trash picked up in front of this office. You know, from that corner to this corner. There's trash in the bushes. There's people that throw stuff. They miss the trash can. If you can be the one that, cl- that cleans that up, when you're done, come back to my office. Let my receptionist know. I'll walk with you up and down. I'll make sure the job was a good job, and I will give you $5. To a person, they all said yes, and they did it. I share that with you because I think so many of you will disrespect people and give them money for just existing. Don't give them something for just existing. Don't take something from me for something I cannot control. And don't give me money for something I can't control. I can't control my race. I can't control my height, my gender. I don't get to control those things. So those aren't choices that I made, meaning if this is the way I am, then don't give or take something from me for it. Wow, what a powerful... Wow, how revolutionary, how racist. No, no, no. Now, if I prove myself through character, through hard work, through discipline, through ingenuity, if I prove myself, then I deserve what I get. You know, we saw this time and again when when the affirmative affirmative action uh, wave went throughout uh, in my place. It was the police department. That's where I was in my early 20s, right? From 21 to to 30, 31. I was a Los Angeles policeman. And during that period of time, every time uh, you would see uh, a, a minority or a female in a position of power, many of the officers, many of the men and women, both would ask themselves, is this person really capable or did they get there because of their gender or their race? I mean, what a disservice to those people that were promoted. Honestly, I don't want anybody looking at me and saying, did he really deserve that job? It's like suddenly the the owner of a business, his girlfriend or his son or the owner of a business, her, her youngest daughter, all of a sudden become the supervisor or become the manager. You would walk in and say, she doesn't deserve that job or he doesn't deserve that job. Right? You wouldn't. Why? Because you would say they probably got it. Okay, listen, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But there's a strong suspicion that they received that job because of something they couldn't control called their relationship to the owner. Now, maybe they are completely capable, but how hard is it for them to swim upstream? How hard is it to have to prove themselves not a little bit, but even more? Which is what happens when you give somebody something for doing nothing, for just being. Now, 
Dennis Prager talks about this, how the orchestra had what's called blind testing, where there was a curtain and somebody would play the oboe or the violin, and based on their skill set, they'd say, wow, that person is great. We need to, we need to, uh, to have them on our, in our orchestra. The curtain pulls back. Oh, it's a female white or it's a male black. Who cares? It was, it was the most meritorious selection that you could have. In fact, we created something called, ready for this, my liberal Hollywood friends, The Voice. Remember? The Voice. The chairs turned around. You didn't care what they looked like. Were they frumpy? Were they good-looking? Were they overweight? Were they uh, you know, short hair, long hair, male, female? Minor? It didn't matter. Boy, The Voice was amazing. Different than American Idol, where you had to judge the whole package. In The Voice... People said, I like the way, listen, this is a music industry. I want to hear the music. What, now you're going to call, uh, uh, you know, Blake Shelton a racist? Gwen, Gwen, uh, Gwen and, and uh, what, my Maroon 5, five buddy? You're, you're going to call them sexist and racist? Because, what, Adam didn't put somebody in because of their minority status? Because he judged them on their character or their merits? Of course not, you guys. This could be the thing that you stand up for. This could be the thing that you fight for. Because now the left in America is pushing the opposite. They want a checkbox. Okay, one out of five members of your board of directors for a company that's headquartered in the state of California has to be a female. Like, what if they aren't very good? If we're going to play that game, then folks, you need to go to the NBA. No kidding, no joke. You need to go to the NBA and you need to make sure that there's no more than 13 to 15% African-Americans, that there's the right amount of Hispanics, 30, 35, 40% Hispanic, 10 or 12% Asian, and the rest Caucasian. That's really who should be playing in the NBA. Because if those guys and gals that, uh, that play in professional sports, if they make millions of dollars based on their efforts, their skill set, then why is it you and I can't make the same? Oh, if you're such a racist, well, you're a pig then. I mean, come on. Really? You need to know better, guys. Any, any clown that calls you a name for saying that people should be judged based on the content of their character, I say this. Go to Martin Luther King. Start there. Because when I watched his speech, I don't know, the fourth grade or whatever it was, I thought, wow. That is perfect. Because as a kid who grew up getting some uh, you know, racial pressure because I'm half Lebanese and half uh, Caucasian. Funny name, right? Arif Halaby is not Joe Smith. So, of course, I got picked on a little bit. You know what? I said, that's it. I, I hate this. I'm going to work harder. And then on the other side, trying to get a promotion in the police department, and they said, Arif, you finished number one on the list, but we needed a female black in that position, so we're going to hire her instead. I go, but, but you said I finished number one on the list. Yeah, I know, but, you know, we have affirmative action. We have to, well, I guess that's, what am I supposed to say, okay? Uh, I mean, I don't know. I didn't have a choice. I liked my job. You guys have to stand up for that. It's injustice. It's not fair to the person who gets promoted because of their race or their gender. No more is it fair for the person who doesn't get promoted because of their race or their gender, right? In both cases, it's wrong. How do we say we're going to be really, really wrong so that we can be really, really right? Maybe that's your passion. I don't know. 
I know it's controversial these days. Sorry. If I, uh, I guess, what is that? Sorry, not sorry if I hurt your feelings. Triple eight ninety nine retire eight 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 nine nine seven three eight four seven. Make a difference in this world. You're not here forever. You're not. Look at when some of you left the last job. How quickly they forgot about you, right? You thought you were it. You had a title, a door, a nameplate. You had a business card. All of that said who you were. 15 minutes after you left, man, somebody else is sitting at your desk. Your cards are worthless because the phone number is disconnected. They took your company gas card, your expense reports, done. You're just about what you stand for. You know, my parents made something really clear when I was young. Because I, I was sad because not everybody liked me, right? It's like everybody, the kids, teenagers, they can be cruel. And I remember saying to my parents, and, and my dad said this. He said, if you live your whole life, and when you pass away at whatever age, and you're up there, and you're with God, and, and you're sitting there, and down below people say this about you. He never met a person that he didn't like. Everybody loved him. If they say that about you, Eric, if you lived a weak life. You lived a life without purpose. You lived a life without making a difference. And I thought to myself, isn't it supposed to be the other way around? Aren't we supposed to be liked by everybody? He said, no. Because if you are liked by everybody, then it, mean you, it means you stood for nothing. Because if you stand for something, of course you're going to upset people. Of course. Look, I remember as a policeman, you know, the, the gang members were were calling us names and throwing things in and my partner, you know, I was a younger kid and he was a wise man, a very old guy, like probably 35. <laughs> and he said, he said, Arif, our job is not to be liked by the bad guys. You have to realize the more they dislike you, you're probably doing something right. And I thought, wow, that resonated because that was the same thing that my parents had taught me years earlier. So life with the Facebook likes and the Instagram likes has really ruined that generation of thinking that they are supposed to be an individual. Instead, everybody's conforming. My goal is to get as many people like you to like me. And, and that becomes this, this morphing of individualism, which is what America is all about, into this society of this groupthink where everybody has to be alike. And if you're not, we call you a name and two people tweet out something and they change the definition of sexual preference forever on Wikipedia and Webster Dictionary because some far left wing senator from Hawaii gets on because a guy tweeted that, oh, sexual preference is what the, the right uses to demean. OK, well, I guess that's really I didn't know that. OK, well, I guess that's what it is. And my gay friends are saying, what the heck is she talking about? But they didn't tweet it. Why? Because they don't want to be ostracized. So you and your family, your spouse, whoever you are retiring with, there's a life of making a difference where now you don't have to worry about your money anymore, right? Your income continues to come in. You don't have to worry about losing your job. You don't have to worry about being liked or disliked. People know who you are. It's over, right? Your personality is what it is. If you're in your 50s, 60s, 70s, 60s, 70s, 80s, you are somebody. If somebody has known you long enough, they know what you are. And they know what you aren't. That makes a big difference. So whether you're going to be considering something like blogging, 
There are great courses you can take at the community college to get your opinion out, to making a difference. And in fact, some people make money from blogging. Staggering amounts for that, for that uh, what you call a simple thing. And it's a log through on the Internet. I mean, basically, right, you're, you're writing a diary, you're writing uh, stories. You don't typically make money overnight, though. It, it involves a lot of c- uh, consistent dedication. Whatever choo- subject you're choosing, you have to love it. It has to be something you're good at. So blogging, having your opinion out there, certainly one that's different because everybody's used to, to following the herd. You might find, a, find an audience. How about making extra money being a mystery shopper? I had a friend that used to do this for a while. And believe it or not, she was a mystery shopper for traffic schools. Isn't that pretty interesting? So she was a she would go into traffic schools and she would sit there all weekend long and she would have to rate, make sure that the instructor covered what they were supposed to cover, make sure that they they followed the law and the rules and, and there was a whole series of things. And her job was to be a mystery shopper. I thought that was fascinating. She made a lot of money doing it, but as a mystery shopper. What about if you are somebody that enjoys pets? Now, let's think of an integration. You enjoy petting, uh, petting. <laughs> you enjoy pets and pet sitting. That's kind of where I was going with it. Pet sitting, your ability to work with animals. People love you. They think it's an awesome place for you to be, right? The owners of pets. There's some great online uh, website, WAG. It's a great place to go, right? Rover, where you can sign up and they say, hey, I need somebody to walk my dog. I'm going to be late tonight. The key is under the, the rock. Uh, you know, my code to enter is XYZ. Go in, you know, Rover needs a, a ride uh, to, the, to the dentist or I mean, whatever you got to do. You get to be that pet sitter. It could be a little bit. It could be a lot. But here's where it really makes a difference. What if you really love pets and you're a pet sitter and you blog about them? In other words, you write about them. Maybe you have a propensity to be funny. People always think you have a great way of telling stories. So maybe you take some of your experiences with pets, and now you have two different audiences, people that like comedy and people that like pets. And those are both two potential viewers of your blog. Give you a better shot at making, if you will, money on your blog. And the fun thing is, you could do that while you're living in a villa in the south of France, <laughs> walking dogs in France, talking about the funny things that are different between you know, French dog owners and American dog owners. But you've traded houses or you're being paid to live in a house there. You're blogging about living in a house there and you're walking dogs for money. Three different sources of income. And oh, by the way, your retirement account that's with TFS Financial Insurance Services Arif Halaby, Total Financial Solutions. Oh, that's paying you $1,000 a month as well. Now you're active, you're traveling, you're living life. Kind of a fun thing. Some of you like hiking and being around others. Maybe a docent. I had a, uh, my wife's uh, uncle and aunt were docents up in Northern California. They loved it. Now it was a free uh service, right? They weren't paid for it. They got to go into the uh, to the park and to the, the center for free, and they got to do other things. But overall, they didn't get paid for it. 
but people counted them, counted on them being there Tuesday and Thursday. And it was just the afternoon, so they could sleep in, still have breakfast with friends, coffee. But from 11 till 4, they worked. It created a social setting, something to talk about, being physically active. I loved it. And let me share something with you. For many of you, and I just met somebody recently, they were afraid of computers. There, if I don't work with computers, never worked with computers, I... I've had a job where I had to work with them a little bit and I hated it and so I I just don't like them. I'm afraid that if something goes wrong, I'm going to break it. Well, let me tell you a quick story. My mom used to be like that. She didn't like computers. She was concerned. You know, I didn't know how to work them. I mean, listen, I was the same. And here's what she did. This might surprise you. Ready? She went to community college. She didn't just take one course. She took a whole bunch of them and was an A student. So I don't know, she might have been in her 30s or 40s. She went back to school. Ended up retiring from a job that, guess what, worked with computers. So she took something that she was afraid of, met it head on, used the resources of a community college to learn the computer programming, to learn how it works, outside of me trying to tell her. Right? I knew just a little bit more than her, but certainly it's just like, my friend's daughter needed some help, and so he said, Arif, can you talk to her? She won't listen to me. It's the same thing, right? If I share the same thing to my mom, there's a little bit of history there, maybe emotional pressure, whereas if it's an instructor at a community college, certainly a lot more credibility and the ability for her to learn. Son of a gun, she did it. And ended up retiring, you know, in her late 60s, early 70s, working with computers, surprise. Now, maybe you're great with kids, but tutoring is your thing. Maybe you're a retired teacher. You really enjoyed, uh, we have some some educators as clients. It's kind of funny. I say, oh, what grade do you teach? They say the fourth grade. I said, oh, that's nice. Have you ever taught any other grades? Yeah, you know, second grades, they're just not, you know, they're not really there enough to learn. They're they're still about playing. But man, I don't want to work with sixth graders. Something happens. It's, It's funny how... Sometimes people say sixth graders are the best. I, I never would work with fourth graders. So I think that's interesting that as an educator, they all work in the same thing called school, but they find a grade or an age bracket that they just thrive in. And if you are that person, if you find that you're better with five-year-olds instead of seven-year-olds or seven instead of 15, right, whatever you think you can do, especially if you're good with teenagers, my word, being a tutor, being a mentor, teaching something that you're good at, teaching something that you can walk through a relationship and be that extra set of ears for them. Because we know it's tough. It's tough as a parent as your kids grow up. Being a mentor for teens, they're a summer trip for teens through an organization called Bold Earth. It's headquartered in the U.S., but they work throughout the Swiss Alps and in the Amazon, definitely a environmental global warming twist to this organization, right? When, when you can get in with maybe a little bit more conservative ideas and talk to them about the whole drought and water and this stuff that's happening in California, you just say, look, guys, it's the same amount of water that we've had on this earth forever. It's never changed. I mean, you understand that, right? It's either becoming a liquid, solid, or gas. 
That's it. Water can be one of three things. The same water that we're drinking today that comes down in rain today is the same that came down with the dinosaurs. It doesn't disappear. It doesn't change forms. So the issue might be fresh water. Well, I got it. Well, let's stop sending it out to the, to the Sacramento River. Right? We save a fish and we let the whole farmers have to use drinking water, which now puts pressure on you and me using drinking water. They had to divert drinking water to fill up that. Now, you could be the person who educates others, who says, yeah, you're right, global warming, yeah, I get it. But you know that back in the the late 1800s, early 1900s, rivers used to freeze all the time, meaning before man had an impact in this global warming world, we were much, much cooler because we had what's called the mini ice age. So weather has always changed. Climate has always changed. So... Find your passion. What is it that makes a difference for you? I think you can walk through life, make a big difference when it comes to teaching a second language if you happen to have a propensity for that. Whether it's you going online and teaching uh, translating courses or or dictation, right? What is your skill set? And then merge that with maybe another one, and now you can become somebody who has multiple sources of income in retirement. And remember back when I started... It was Social Security, your savings account, maybe a pension, your house was paid off. That was your retirement. Today, you can get more creative. And we're here to help with reliable retirement income. I'm Arif Hallaby. Thanks for being with me for this hour of the program. 888-99-RETIRE, 888-997-3847. I wish you a great week. Talk to you soon on AM870, The Answer. Learn from Arif Hallaby. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now Arif has a plan for me, higher income strategy. I'll retire comfortably, thanks to Arif Hallow.